Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book Rebuilding, When Your Relationship Ends. The film Kramer vs. Kramer portrays a seemingly perfect family. The husband Ted Kramer works hard at his job as an advertising executive, while the wife Joanna takes care of him and their son Billy. However, this picture-perfect image falls apart one day when Joanna leaves home and asks for a divorce from Ted, leaving him to take care of five-year-old Billy on his own. Although the divorce is a painful and difficult process, the film ends on a happy note, Ted transforms from a workaholic who never helps out around the house into a good father and caretaker for Billy. He also learns to appreciate the hardships that Joanna went through during their marriage. Joanna on the other hand witnesses Ted's efforts and growth, and eventually decides to let him have custody of Billy. In real life, even two people who love each other may end up in divorce, because they are unable to make their marriage work. Unfortunately, divorced couples usually don't have the kind of happy endings that we see in movies. Some people might not be able to understand the reason for the divorce and become trapped in the shadows of their failed marriage. After being immersed in a prolonged period of pain, grief, anger, or depression, they might become stuck in a negative rut and unable to move on. Others might not know the true reason for the divorce and jump into a new relationship or marriage very quickly, only encounter the same problems all over again. So what can we do after a divorce to start a better life? The book Rebuilding teaches us that we need to calmly analyze the reasons for the divorce and step out of its shadows in a rational way in order to move on and thrive. If we want to start a new relationship, we need to first understand what a mature and healthy relationship model looks like. We also need to heal our wounds and grow into an independent whole person before pursuing our next relationship. This will allow us to form more mature and lasting bonds with our new partners. Of course, the advice given in this book is suitable for breakups as well as divorces. But since the authors mainly talk about post-divorce rebuilding in the book, we will also be mainly referring to divorce situations in this bookie. Nonetheless, those of us who have never been married will also find this book to be tremendously useful in dealing with breakups and failed relationships. In this bookie, we will introduce the book in three parts. Part 1, Reflecting on the Reasons for the Divorce. Part 2, Stepping Out of the Shadows of Divorce. Part 3, Growing into a Better Self. Part 1, Reflecting on the Reasons for the Divorce. The single thing that every person needs to do after a divorce is to reflect on the reasons. Otherwise, you will repeat the same mistakes in your next relationship and experience another painful breakup. Most of the time, marriages fail due to the following three reasons, inability to escape the negative influences from our families of origin, being stuck in the period of rebellion, and being stuck in the power struggle stage. First, let's look at how a lack of love in one's family of origin can affect one's marriage. Some people get married to be free from their families of origin. But the truth is that our birth families can have a profound influence on our marriages. A person who didn't receive enough love from their parents will often try to get this missing love from their spouse, leading to unhealthy relationship models such as perfectionism, people-pleasing, neglect of one's own feelings, or procrastination and irresponsibility. Among these, the most common is the over-and-under-responsible relationship, which can also take the form of a parent-and-child relationship, caretaker-and-taker relationship, or alcoholic-and-enabler relationship. In this kind of relationship, both partners are dependent on each other, and while it may seem like a state of balance, it is actually very imbalanced. Over time, 
one partner will grow to resent the relationship and leave. Hence it is one major cause, leading to divorce. The book presents the example of Nancy, an over-responsible person, or OR for short. In her marriage, she expressed a strong need to control every aspect of family life, no matter how big or how small. Gradually, Nancy found that her husband Jack had become very irresponsible. Major events aside, he had even stopped caring about little things like handling the checkbook. Nancy became very disappointed in Jack and eventually decided to end the marriage. In fact, ORs often give other people what they want. For instance, perhaps what Nancy really wanted was for Jack to show her more love and care, but instead she expressed this need by overcaring for Jack. Her behavior deprived her husband of his responsibilities and resulted in an over and under responsible relationship model. In such a model, one partner craves love and care, but the other partner doesn't know how to love and care for them. The OR soon grows hurt and resentful from the neglect and wants to leave the relationship. The worst part is that if the marriage ended without Nancy realizing the real cause behind it, she would most likely find another under-responsible person or UR and repeat the same pattern all over again. Similarly, if Jack didn't learn to become more responsible through the divorce, he would continue to seek another mommy to take care of him in his next relationship. Therefore, if we want to take charge of our own lives, we need to let our lives return to a balanced state. For example, if you are an OR, you can try the following method to restore the balance between give and take in your relationship. First, ask someone to do something for you. Second, say no when someone asks you to do something for them. Take note of how you feel as you do this. If you are a UR, on the other hand, you should consciously try to take on more responsibility and fulfill your promises in order to create some concrete change. In summary, we must leave the negative influences from our families of origin behind in order to set up a healthy relationship model in our marriages. The second cause of failed marriages is that one or both partners are stuck in the period of rebellion. The period of rebellion refers to the stage during adolescence when the individual feels an increasing sense of independence and self, and craves freedom from the guidance and constraints given by the adults around them, especially their parents. If a person fails to gain enough freedom and autonomy from parental control during this stage, instead suppressing their own emotions and inner desires to conform to their parents' expectations and be a good kid, they will often undergo a belated period of rebellion during adulthood, especially in their marriage. As an example, if one partner acts like a parent and is always trying to control their spouse, saying, I'm doing this all for your own good, then their spouse will do everything within their power to break free from the control and be themselves. The partner that is being controlled will unknowingly take on the rebel role in the marriage. They might claim that their spouse reminds them of their parents and refuse to stay with them any longer. Such individuals tend to believe that they are only free to be themselves after they end the relationship. Otherwise, they have to live according to other people's expectations, just like they did when they were younger. The problem that these rebels face is whether to act according to other people's expectations or to be true to themselves, and they choose the latter. This is not a bad thing in itself, in fact, it's a necessary step in everyone's life journey. However, there's something that rebel types need to realize although on the surface, they seem to want to get away from their partners, what they actually want is to break free from the parental control that they should have shaken off many years ago. Therefore, rebellious behavior in a marriage isn't always a bad thing, but misinterpreting this kind of rebellious behavior can lead to serious problems. The rebel needs to first understand that their rebellion stems from their own inner desires instead of from their partner. As a result, 
They should work towards healing their inner child and take part in therapy, community service, and sports and exercise activities to reduce the stress caused by the rebellion period. The third reason that marriages fail is that one or more of the partners have not moved past the power struggle stage. In her book A Couple's Journey, psychologist Susan Campbell divides a relationship into five stages. The Hollywood or romantic stage, the power struggle stage, the stability stage, the commitment stage, and the bliss or co-creation stage. During the Hollywood stage, people often imagine their partners to be some perfect ideal. The ideal fades when they gradually begin to see their partners for who they really are. At this point, they might think to themselves, this isn't the prince charming that I want, or this isn't the princess that I fell for. But very soon, they might start to believe they can change their partners. They then enter the power struggle stage in which both partners attempt to control or change the other, molding them into their ideal fantasy. During the power struggle stage, both partners often argue repeatedly over little things like the correct way to squeeze toothpaste or hang the toilet roll. They might yell and scream, say harsh things, give each other the silent treatment, or even walk out over such matters. In this way, both partners are attempting to correct each other's behavior and prove that they are the one and the right. But eventually, both parties might feel hopeless and helpless and grow tired of the constant fighting, they might not want to speak to each other anymore or share their inner thoughts and feelings. The partner who used to make them happy is now making them miserable. The power struggle stage happens because both partners have unresolved problems, such as baggage from their families of origin or from the period of rebellion which we talked about earlier. In order to move past the power struggle, both parties have to grow and learn to relate to each other in a more mature manner, creating a more stable relationship. For example, we can learn to admit our own problems and talk about our feelings with our partners. When expressing how we feel, try to start our sentences with I instead of you. We should treat our partners as our teachers in marriage and relationship, and realize that they are actually helping us to understand ourselves better instead of hurting or blaming us. Doing so will help us to overcome the power struggle stage and form closer bonds with our partners. That concludes the content for part 1. In summary, the single thing that every person needs to do after a divorce is to reflect on the reasons. Otherwise, they might just fall into the same unhealthy patterns in their next relationship, leading to another unhappy breakup. In general, there are three reasons why marriages fail, inability to escape the negative influences from one's family of origin, being stuck in the period of rebellion, and being stuck in the power struggle stage. Now that we have a better understanding of the reasons for divorce, let's talk about how to step out of the shadows of divorce. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.